Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Broadcasting live to tape from the beautiful Studio City section of this great city of Los Angeles, California. I'm Ken Napsok, and this is The Napsok Files, with special guest, a returning guest, Joey Rockenstein. Welcome back, buddy. It is good to be back. I feel like I'm an all-star. You are an all-star, man. Um, we, uh, we, have, we like to keep things in nice, tight, little 30 to 38-minute packages here. On the dot. That's good. Um, so what I find sometimes is when, when the guest is bringing his A-game, as you were last time we had you on, there's a lot on the table still left to discuss, and so we'd like to bring you back. And that you are an all-star. I appreciate that. And I did feel like I left with, oh, I, I could have talked about this, or there was more to say. And last time Joey was on the show, we, we kind of got a little deep. <laughs> we started talking Wait. about success, pressure of trying to succeed in our uh, advancing years. And um, it felt like I was uh, home at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like you're at the dinner table with your with your father, who um, is is he in political power now? How did that turn out? Uh, Update I, me on the, on that part of your life. Let's see. Uh, actually, unfortunately, he did not get the votes okay. that he needed. Okay. But in my opinion, the people who took over in office are a bunch of. Uh, crackheads <laughs> and so he's better off not being involved with them i'm afraid to uh, ask you where the area is now because of your comments i hope right. they're not uh, uh damning or liable beautiful camarillo california where i grew up camarillo yeah. up there just before santa barbara if you're leaving la it is correct it's um, the halfway point it's the halfway point i grew up in pismo beach california or, or the area around that so you were down south a ways and we're in the same age bracket so we correct kind of had the same kind of little bit central california lifestyle central coast california yeah. lifestyle uh, how, how uh so were you there your whole life did you just start somewhere else and end up there how did that go no i was there my whole life actually well i mean i, I when i was two years old we moved and we lived mm -hmm. down somewhere around like valencia down here oh, and really? uh and then we moved up to camarillo when i was two years old lived there uh up until i moved up to santa barbara to go to ucsb oh a gaucho that's right yeah so what, what did you study while you're up there i was in the bfa program for theater mm -hmm. yeah. fabulous with a uh, minor in parental disappointments <laughs> <laughs> these are the jokes folks <laughs> Um, so when you go up and perform at the Ventura Comedy Club, uh, which I know you have, uh, that's kind of a little homecoming there? It is. Uh, a lot of people who still live in Camarillo yeah. come out that way. I didn't know why people would still want to be live in Camarillo still. If, uh, But well, uh, I can understand. It's a nice area. It though. is a nice area. It was a great place to grow up. I mean, yeah. my parents, they still live there. Okay. Actually, uh, my others, both of my sisters moved back and live in Camarillo. Hmm. So, uh, so they love it. They have a great place. They moved back from, did they move down here or other parts of the country or? Uh, other parts in the state. I had okay. one sister, she and her husband uh, lived up 
Northern California, like uh, Danville or oh yeah, that area. And then another sister, uh, my old sister, she lived in San Luis Obispo. Oh, wow, well, okay. Then, uh, my neck of the woods, yeah. They both just kind of migrated down. Came back this way. down. Have you ever, because I, 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 like I said, grew up in the Pismo Beach, a, a Royal Grande, the five cities up there. My parents still live up there, and a couple uh, friends from my childhood still live up there. Childhood, like uh, high school and whatever. Well, I guess really that is childhood. Right, yeah. yeah, when you look at it, think about it. Um, so I, I love going back up. Uh, and I've now 14 years now, I moved down here in 1998. I love going back up. But do you ever have those uh, bad, cold, sweat, night terror dreams where you wake up and you're like, I have to move back home to my hometown and I have to live there and try to function. You ever have had that? Ever have that? Not that specifically, no. I'm <laughs> he just backed I away. Didn't. This guy's crazy. <laughs> Ken is crazy. I always wonder, though, if I if I didn't live in Los Angeles, one, where else would I live? And two, what would I be doing if I lived in that area? Because basically right. the reason why I live here is to pursue a career in the entertainment yep. industry. Yeah, so it's, it's Hollywood. What's your dream? Um yeah, I have that, um, I guess because it's tied to failure. And, and I, the friends that have stayed there uh, who've gone on to own their own businesses and homes and families far more advanced on the life chain I'm than I'm sorry, do you say people own homes? Yeah, that, it's possible. What is, I don't get it. In my hometown, it's expensive to live. It's right there on the beach, but right. I know people from high school doing quite well. You know, I think actually I'm the one who made the mistake because, you know, yes. saying, saying that I moved down here to Los Angeles to pursue a career in the entertainment industry when I was a child, both myself and my three older siblings, we did work right. in the entertainment industry. We were on television shows and in movies. Really? And I think I worked more living in Camarillo <laughs> than I have living down in this town for the past 13 years. What did you uh, What did you appear in? Uh, let's see. I was on Starsky and Hutch. Get out. I, I was. I did uh, a McDonald's Olympic commercial. I think that was 84. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Greatest American Hero. I was on Greatest American well, Hero, ladies and gentlemen. I probably saw you, especially in the McDonald's commercial. I remember those commercials. I remember the 84 Olympics quite well. Yeah. Wow. And then you moved to L.A. to pursue it full time and I, nothing. Not, Get out of this town, kid. No, I should probably go back to using that old headshot because I think that would probably work out a lot better for <laughs> me. That. Bring in this kid. We were casting for a what? He's 49? <laughs> but, what? but I can play younger. I can play. <laughs> I really can play younger. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, I can. Uh, yeah, have have you ever um, have you ever thought or wished, uh, maybe this is just me putting it into your life, but have you ever wished, man, I wish I could have just been happy and content to stay in my hometown and open up a painting business and uh, have a couple kids and call it a day and be happy and content? You ever have that? Yes and no. Okay. Um, Explain. One is I'd... I'd always have, I guess, that that desire mm-hmm. as uh, the theater people yeah. like to call it. Yeah, you know, I know. To be, it's in the blood. To be up on that stage. And, uh, like, I just don't know where that outlet would be. Hey. If I, 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 I mean, <laughs> if I did go into the painting business, I would have to use that as the outlet, and I don't think the houses would look as good as they should have been. But you could do some community theater, maybe some Waiting for Godot down at the uh, <laughs> rec center. Or Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> yeah, so. wait, Waiting for Guffman, exactly. <laughs> Um, you could, you, yeah, that's what I've always, it's, you, it's hard because, you know, when we struggle with, uh, the pressure for success and succeeding and whatever that definition is to us at this time and whatever it really is, uh, I just find myself looking back, ah, oh, I could go back home. And sometimes I'll get, I'll get really depressed when I visit my parents right. and my friends and I feel sorry because they're like, oh, you're so home. And I'm like, oh, it's interesting what you say though, because I've noticed this before that when you go home that you mm-hmm. still have friends in that town that you yeah. hang out with. 
Yeah. I when I go home, I just hang out with my family. I don't see anybody from high school anymore. Oh, really? I had one one person from my high school who I'm still kind of kind of friends with, Mike Contreras, who was at my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still lives in Camarillo, but he has okay. a, a, a family of his own now. Right. Uh, but we don't see each other too often. But like when I think of living in Camarillo and having a good lifestyle, I think of him because he has a great family, good right. job, but it's not what I'm doing. Right. So, and then he kind of says, oh, that's great. You're still like pursuing your dreams. You're going for it. And I'm like, well, what is going for it really? <laughs> I, okay. I have, I have this. I have uh, two friends of mine um, who I have reconnected with over the years. Uh, one after 20 years, he lives out in Las Vegas and another one who's currently out in New York, but for the long time was in Sacramento. And uh, we've reconnected. I love these guys, uh, Sean and Ty. These are great guys. I love these guys. I wish they were closer. I wish I could hang out with them, talk with them more. Um, I get on phone with them, and they're like, man, you're doing it. You're doing it, man. You're living the dream, man. You're ch- you're, I wish I was in your position. And I'm like, uh, cold, alone, lonely, eating SpaghettiOs for dinner. You have children. You have, you have a job, a purpose. You know, Grass is greener. Grass is greener. But I get that all the time. Like, man, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like... I cried myself to sleep every night last <laughs> week. What are you proud of? I'm proud of you. Like, what am I doing? I'm I'm doing it. I drive a 98 Honda Civic. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That I bought in 2011. Yeah, from my sister. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> and I still think I overpaid for it. <laughs> so. Good. She learns a lot up there at Camarillo. A lot of outlets and car dealerships up there. They know how to deal. Wheel and deal. And that I guess your hometown, that is your claim to fame right now. Oh, Camarillo. Oh, the outlets? Yeah. <laughs> Mine is at least... Oh, Pismo, the clams. You get uh, low-priced, off-stitched clothing from yeah. Nordstrom? And the, the strange thing is, is when I was growing up there, the outlet malls were not there. Right. That was all strawberry fields. Yeah. And the only thing that was there at the time was the In-N-Out Burger. That was the big um, yeah. hoopla at that time. But it wasn't even the same one that's there now. Now it's an indoor one. At that time, it was just a drive-up. Sure. Uh, in and out I remember I used to drive. Uh, I I, uh, I was born in Orange County in 1982. My family moved up up north, so there was a lot of between 82 and 98 when I left to live here full time. A lot of traveling down to grandparents and uncles and aunts. And so yeah, Camarillo was like a vast wasteland of fruit. Yep. And you know, there's a I don't, don't quite think it's Camarillo. Maybe it is, but there's off the 101. There was like a Carl's Jr. Yes. For a long time, yeah. that was it. You yep. pulled off. There was like a Denny's. If you missed that, there was that Carl's Jr. Yep. Now I, you can't even see it. It's surrounded by condos, townhomes, and, and box stores. It's an insane how quickly everything sprang up around there. And I even like have a horrible joke now where I, when I do the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club mm-hmm. and I say, oh, yeah, I'm from Camarillo. People are like, oh, that's where the outlet malls are. I was like, when I was growing up, I'm, I'm from Camarillo. That's the part of the 101 that smells like shit. <laughs> like, that's how you would describe yeah. it. Because <laughs> It's just all vegetation. It's all veg- my, my uh one of the towns near my hometown, Santa Maria, California. Um, the entire town smelled like manure. <laughs> it just was. It just was the smell. Because ah, it's good to be home. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ag ag industry is booming out there, and uh, even now, with a lot of development in there, and you'll you'll be at uh, you'll be at a smokehouse having a nice steak, and you step outside, and you're like, hmm. <laughs> well, there's the excrement of the animal I just ate. <laughs> it's, it's it's an interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's fun, funny to think we kind of had some. We gotta uh, talk more about it at some point off the air. It's, we had similar upbringings, really. I mean, it seems like it. And your and your folks are still together, living out there where, where they were, and so are mine. Yeah, great for them. Same house. Oh really? So. It's my, we had a couple of houses, but I so I go home to the my adult childhood house. Uh, I'm still connected to it, but um, well, we had a house that we lived in until I was twelve, and then we gotcha. moved half a mile up the street. 
yeah. to a house that my parents had built. It was like nine oh. houses that got built up from the yeah. ground up. Back in the boom of the mid yeah. uh, when tract housing, housing was coming in. Yeah. That's what we got. We got ourselves a Carl's Jr. There's rumors <laughs> of an outlet center coming in. We're going to settle down here. Um, have you ever have you ever thought? Uh, I mean, uh, we got a kind of a theme here of going home. At some point, if you if you hit it big or you get comfortable here, or there's something. Would you ever go back? Would you ever take the wife and maybe make a kid and head back home? Do I have success here? I'm not saying now. Maybe I'm, I'm just saying at some point. Is there uh, there's some there's, there's. I think I would find a, a different place to call home. Okay. Like if, if that would, that, I mean, that, that's, that's what, that's what I want to get into yeah. because I have, I have that in the back of my head. All right, let's say lightning strikes mm-hmm. and, and, uh, me and uh, my writing partner, Matt key and our c- screenplay selves. And then we sell two more there. Blah, blah, and the next thing you know, eh, I might go back home. I, I might want to go live in Pismo at least for half the year or whatever. Um, I'm if not I had that it. kind of success, that wouldn't that would help me out in making that kind of a decision. I sure, hold sure. Because I mean, um, the guy who played uh, Putty on Seinfeld, he lives in Camarillo, and he actually goes to the same church as my parents. Oh, really? Yeah, and so th- they they sit by him all the time. They kind of <laughs> you ever they uh, know the what is he the tick? Yeah, the tick. Yeah, um, and he's the um, the pilot on the Disney California Adventure, soaring over California <laughs> rides too. Um, have you ever said, hey, Mom, Dad, uh, you want to uh, slip in my headshot, the one from my childhood? <laughs> Just slip it in. Slip it to him at church. <laughs> there you go. Praise Jesus. Here's my son. <laughs> Get him some work. <laughs> and also with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were, uh, were you raised uh, Catholic? I was raised Catholic. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the folks still Catholic? It's an odd they, question to ask, but they didn't switch to a Protestant team or anything? No, they okay. uh still on team Catholic. Okay. And uh, full bore. Very, yeah. uh, very active in their church. Good. And I remember one time I was playing, at this time it was called Hornblowers, uh, the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club oh, has yeah. gone through many different inc- incarnations. Yeah. And they didn't tell me, but they brought uh, the pastor of the church because they were looking for a comic <laughs> to do one of their like church functions. Ooh. And they didn't tell me, but he uh, sat in the audience and he watched me. I was the opening act at right. that time. And I think Jimmy Pardo was uh, headlining. Okay. Which a great guy. Yeah. Um, needless to say... Uh, the pastor passed on me. <laughs> your your uh, confession phone I, bit didn't I, work? I or? guess they hit too close to home. I don't know. <laughs> and you certainly, I mean, you're not a, a dirty or work a blue comic. No, not um, It's been a few years since I've been out to a stand-up comedy show to actually see you or anyone perform. Um, but uh, I don't remember you being a dirty boy. Not at all. So it was no. just that bit. I'm sure it was. Which is a great bit. Yeah. And then your rapping Pope bit, right? Yeah, I will. I will say this. I was the first one to go out and do that Black Pope. Yes, absolutely. I was on that bandwagon. I want. I want the uh, the record to reflect <laughs> that. I remember you doing that in the the comedy store, the bedroom shows. Absolutely, and on the room five and all that. Absolutely, P- folks. Pope humor. That's Joey <laughs> Rockenstein's bag. Yes. Leave it alone. Leave it to Joey, the expert. That, that is mine. That's what I'm known for. That's what'll be on my gravestone. How um, Pope humorist. Have you hit the road? Have you you've done the road? You've done, done a lot of gigs across yeah, the country. I have. I never did that really. Uh, Lou Santini and I turned uh, toward Palmdale, um, lovely area. <laughs> we were at a bar called the Ten West Bar and Grill. Is that Palmdale. the one with the uh, the shiny metal floor? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we did that, and um, I uh, I was friends with at the time, still kind of am, with a guy named Steve Knight, who's now a state senator. He, at the time, he's an LAPD officer, and uh, he lived out there. And uh, I said, oh, I did some comedy last week at the Ten West Bar and Grill. And his face, like, froze. He dropped. He's like, when did you do that? I said, last week. He's like, oh, it shut down. I go, what happened? He goes, there was a double homicide there. Like, 
last weekend. <laughs> and so I guess during a, uh, an event there, there was a crowd. Some guys got in a fight uh, and uh, over a girl, <laughs> something so stupid. Not right. that any death is justified, but um, something so like, uh, really? People still go outside to settle things like that? And they shot each other. Like one shot one, and then a brother came in and shot the other, and that guy shot that guy. It was it was like episode of Deadwood, <laughs> and they shut the place down. It, it like, sounds horrible, yeah. but this is how many comedy shows die actually <laughs> around the country. <laughs> Are they still doing comedy at the Ten West? <laughs> nope, double homicide. Right. That figures. Yeah, they'll move the show to somewhere else. Yeah, we toured Acton, <laughs> and uh, we did went down to a biker bar in Corona. Where Lou and I uh, drove and drove and drove and drove and drove and drove. When we finally pull up, it's a, a biker bar on the side there, a little dirt road, <laughs> motorcycles, mean looking motorcycles parked side by side. We get in, and the record player literally went, <laughs> and they all turned around, and we were Pee Wee Herman to their biker gang. And we were dressed in our Hollywood button down shirts and tight jeans and pointy shoes and hair gel and, and, uh, the late this lady comes around the from the bar and she's like, oh, "Are you guys the comics?" We're like, "Yes, please be the, <laughs> please be the right answer. Please please let that be the right answer." She's like, "Oh, come on over here," and everyone relaxed and we had a good show. But oh yeah, so but you've done you've 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 gone across country. Well, yeah, well it's interesting though because I think I was on uh, the tour of those same places a week after you guys because I played that same bar in Corona and something yeah. had happened at that bar at one point because I think the audience was getting to be a little bit too aggressive or abrasive yeah. because next thing you know, I find out that the managers are walking around with shotguns behind the bar and hats off to a bar that lets their patrons drink out of mason jars. Yes. I mean, yes. I thought that was a, that was a pretty yes. cool thing. So, yeah, it was, um, that was, uh, I had a, a guy, drunk guy from the crowd. He was drunk before I even got up. It was just me and Lou. There's no stage. No, we're right none. between the You're two on the bathrooms. Same level, yeah, and uh, they all gather around, and they were they were eager for comedy, and they gather around, and and this guy starts um, charging the stage, but in a friendly manner. He was a friendly drunk, like yeah, I want, I want to tell some jokes, man. And they're everyone's like, Ernie, sit down, Ernie, <laughs> Ernie, sit down. And so I, being a younger, inexperienced comic, I'm like, well, let me let me give Ernie some stage time. And then I brought him up to try to talk to him. Oh God, that was disaster. Lou had to come up and save the day and and kill it with a great set. But um, whoo, that was uh, still not as scary as the bitter redhead in Santa Monica, but um. Uh, on Lincoln there, next to that Jack in the Box, where there was a murder. Uh, I, think. I don't think I played that. Yeah, Oof. it was the called the Loop for a while too. And Franco did a uh, did some shows there, some white boy comedy shows. There you go. And someone charged me on stage and tried to wrestle the mic out of my hand one night. Wow. Oh boy. But anyway, <laughs> we're sidetracking ourselves. But these are great stories. Uh, where, where was the farthest uh, place or, or most interesting place you've been? Uh, let's see, farthest place. Like, let's see, done shows in New York. Those are always exceptional, and That's I don't know. Awesome. If, I don't know if it's just because like it's a whole new experience for me being out in New York. Like I'm very like wide-eyed when I'm in that town because right. it's very exciting to me. Um, like oh wow, this is where SNL is. That's great. I, I've yeah. never been. Uh, I've never been. So I, I love to definitely. You, yeah, I cannot recommend going more because it's yeah. awesome. There's definitely an energy in that town, and there's say something. Here's what I say about New York. Like I, I did a show one time at Stand Up New York, which is uh, mm. up on the upper east side like 82nd street and it was pouring rain the show started at seven o'clock yeah. if this was los angeles and it was pouring rain and the show started at seven it would not start until eight forty-five. <laughs> yeah, maybe and there would be three people in the audience yeah at seven o'clock the place was packed and right. the mc was on stage starting the show that's awesome i had 
I was so confused oh. about what was going on. Like, I, I, I'm like, wait, I'm not ready to go up yet. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true. Out here, a couple drizzles, event canceled. Uh, you know, and if they do show up, it's like, are we really doing this? Yeah. You're the audience. You just paid. I know, but I still would like to go. It's drizzling outside. If I had been in that environment maybe early on, maybe I'd still be in stand-up. That sounds fun. Uh, where else have you, you performed? I have been at the illustrious Calgary Comedy Festival in Calgary, Canada. Okay. And uh, I want to come back to that. Lou yeah. also did this event yeah. as well. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like whenever Lou and I do a show, like separate bookings, like we yeah. can never seem to get it booked at the same time. Like to right. try, try to work it out as far as travel arrangements. Um, like the guy Barry Neal, who's a yes. complete crackhead of a booker. Um, <laughs> I will. asked him one time, like, can Lou and I do this together? It's like, no, I got somebody else doing it. Somebody else who Lou doesn't even know and who lives like five hours away from us. Yeah. But like I'm in Calgary, Canada. It was a fun festival, but at that yeah. time, um, Anaheim was yeah. playing Calgary in the in the NHL hockey playoffs. Okay, and so there were absolutely the shows were supposed to start on Wednesday. Yeah, shows did not start until Thursday because <laughs> the playoffs were still going on. And then Anaheim ended up winning, oh, and so the Thursday night show was an extremely angry crowd show. And you're like, I'm not. I'm from. Yeah, don't Minnesota. say I'm from Los Angeles. Yeah, don't say just from Anaheim. <laughs> oh, I, I, I let's talk about it now. You you. You told me a story, or you, what, you, the Calgary thing. Uh, Lou had told me a story, but it was your story. Did you get like stopped at the border or the airport? I sure did. Yeah. Tell tell us oh, tell everyone about yes. that story. It's a great story. It is. I, Canada, I by the way. About Canada. That. Yeah. Not Germany or something. No, Canada. No, this is Canada, the place that has healthcare. Right. Um. So I'm getting stopped at the border, uh, getting into Canada, and uh, customs has stopped me. And at this time, I did not have a passport, but also you didn't really need to have a passport at that time. You could just have your birth certificate and right. it, it was cool. Good and so they pulled me into their little office and I'm like, this, like, here's my birth certificate. Everything should be fine. They literally, I, I was in there for like at least two hours. Right. They're going through all of my stuff. And then next thing you know, they're going through my backpack and they're going through all my notes and I have like all my set lists written out. I basically brought like all of my comedy notebooks for I don't even know what reason. Yeah. Right. Well, you're like, going to a comedy festival. Right, at I that get time. It. I get it. And, you know, I need to have all my all my ammunition with me. So they're going through all of my notes. And at this time is when um Brokeback Mountain uh yeah. was uh just in the theaters and I had a joke about that. And they're going through all my notes. They're comments. They're like, "Oh, you know, what well, Brokeback Mountain was filmed up, you know, here in uh, like some part of Canada." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty interesting." You know, I'm just not trying to piss this guy off. And I really didn't know what was worse, that being detained for this long, or them going through all of my jokes and not laughing at any one of them. <laughs> Can you reread that? Re- reread that one. Reread <laughs> it, but in a different voice. Right. Slower. Pause right there. I could have sworn I saw Al Qaeda walk by at some point while I was still being <laughs> they're detained. Just, they're just streaming through. <laughs> yeah. Entire sleeper cells are like, "We will be going over here now," and you're, they're like, "Really? You're a comedian?" Quote, quote, That's quote. The thing. They didn't believe that I wasn't going to get paid for this. Right. They thought that I was going to be selling something. They're like, "Well, you have to pay for that." Like, Very like stiff regulations yeah. in Canada, right? You like, can't make no. money as a foreigner. No, none, right. none. And I was like, "No, I'm doing a festival. It's the Calgary Comedy Festival." And right. Like they just didn't. They had the hardest time believing it. And I'm right. like, I'm from Los Angeles. Nobody makes money at comedy. I'm not going to be making any kind of money. Oh, you mean Anaheim, eh? <laughs> yes. Um, and well, what what is exactly the the, the, the rule, so to speak, is is you have to 
apply for a certain work visa or something to go in and make money. That's there. right. Yeah. But just you as a comic, you're like, hey, I'm doing a, I'm doing a festival to try to get work yeah. later. I mean, even if I was doing like the clubs out there, I still you still shouldn't say that you're performing out there because mm. that way you don't want to have to pay the taxes or, or do any of that kind of stuff. Like you just say you're visiting family. Right. And that's usually okay, but at this time, it wasn't okay. <laughs> I missed my ride. Like someone right. came to pick me up. I had to call them to get them back. Now the wow. the, the festival promoter is pissed at me because I was late, which wasn't even my fault. Right. And he had he thought I had this attitude fit the entire time I was there. Like He's like, oh, can you... Uh, can you do away with that LA attitude? You know, I'm like, I don't have an attitude. I don't know what you're talking uh, about, sir. I don't have an attitude. Your soldiers at the gate stop me. Yes. Accuse me of joke <laughs> terrorism. <laughs> if I'm going to be bombing anything, it's going to be on stage. <laughs> okay, all right. He'll be at Hornblowers this week in Cabrillo. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about. We didn't talk about this on the uh, last time you were on the show uh, about your own podcast. And you've moved into this realm. It's it's a brand new realm. There's not a lot of podcasts around. It's, no, it's I, an open market. I, I'm surprised. <laughs> and I didn't start uh, my own for a while. Uh, I had a radio background, and I kind of was like, oh, I don't want to do a podcast. That's not real radio. And, and I'm having such a blast doing this. And thanks again for coming on. I, of this is a great episode. Um, but I, I've kind of embraced it now. So you embraced it. You got the Bitter Bistro podcast, which is an offshoot of your blog. Correct. Uh, the Bitter Bistro. Yes. Correct. Uh, tell tell me about how what made you decide to do that and get into that side of things. I just uh, thought it would be a great outlet for me and my service industry buddies to come on and yeah. vent about some of the crazy stories that happen while working our shifts in restaurants. Everything from right. customers to you know things that we've done to each other to tips that we've gotten, and right. uh, it just seemed like the logical step. Like I'm already blogging about these kind of things on the bitterbistro.com. Yeah. And then I uh, just thought the next progression would be to do something like podcast it. And it, I didn't see anybody else doing something doing like it. this at this time. Right. So, And even, even if even if there is another similar podcast, just do what you do. You right. know what I mean? Just, just That's what I finally had to get to. Like, I, you know, I'm Ken Napsuck, and i got some cool friends. I just want to talk to them. And if someone out there likes it, that's what I'm going to see what happens. So I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. And I, I've, I've uh, heard a couple of yours. Um, you've, you've been on different um, – you've been live on stage a few times versus just on uh, – Right. Uh, are you, you're on iTunes, right? That's correct. Uh, and yes. um, wh- where can they go – where else can they go to find the Bitter Bistro? Uh, where is it? The, the podcast, you can find that at thebitterbistro.com. Uh, the I have the link on my website with that. So you can okay. see a little link on the left that says uh, the iTunes Good. Uh, podcast link. And it's also on Podomatic. So the bitterbeastro.podomatic.com. Uh, you can find the Knapsack files on Podomatic there as well. Mm-hmm. And Stitcher and iTunes. i got to make sure. I, I apologize. I don't think I'm subscribed to you on iTunes yet. And i got to do that. And uh, rate, rate and review. Rate and review. Rate and review. Um, you know how hard it is to get people to rate and review? It I've is. Noticed. It is. I mean, just write it's good. That's all I would just, just find. Put, I enjoy listen. <laughs> Five stars. Yes. I miss I, myself loathing. I rated myself four stars, uh, thinking, well, I'll get myself. A th- um, my friends have been very generous and have been rated me uh, five stars at, at one point. And I'm sure it's changed now. There was seven five stars, one four star. And I'm like, I'm such a jerk to myself. <laughs> just, I can't even pretend to like myself in this realm. Um what uh, um, how often uh, how often do you do the show? How often do you record uh, live all the time? Or no, actually, on the, stage or what? The live versions happen was almost like a by chance. I, okay. uh, the Improv Lab was gracious enough to let me do my first episode there, so okay. I did that, 
And because I thought, oh, this will be great. You know, I have it on a night when most servers don't work. And, you know, right. and they turned out, they I think they gave me it on a Saturday night, which is when most servers do <laughs> work. Everyone's trying to work. <laughs> you yourself probably had to take a night off from I your did. work. I did. So I lost money. <laughs> you lost <laughs> money. <laughs> to the podcast. But, uh, but I think it's a great idea for, for a podcast and as well as a blog and, and anything related because you do have such a built-in audience. You know, there's... It is not just an L.A. thing, and so many uh, web series or, or movies even are L.A.-centric, you know, or New York-centric. There's restaurants everywhere right. with bitter bistro workers everywhere, so you've got a great audience to tap into. And uh, can you can you tell me in person here, for, and for my Knapsack Files listeners, you have uh, one of my favorite stories of yours is the lady asking you to move the sun. Oh, yeah. Uh, amongst all the many great customers who uh, have come through my sections. Uh, I'm at an outdoor patio and I'm setting up for this party. Um, and this lady was having like some kind of shower or some like party like that. Yeah. Russian woman. So this is already a little... It's my people, so Right. Which is great. They yeah. know what they want and they demand it. And we're pale too. And they get it. Yeah. Yeah. But at some point it was a hot day. Yeah. And she... Um, Looks up at at the sky, and in her thick Russian accent, she turns to me and points to the sky and says, "Can you do something about this hot light?" <laughs> I'm like, "That's the sun." <laughs> but yes, I can make a phone call for you. We'll get that taken care of. Can, can you do something about this hot light we'll in get, the sky? We'll get some cloud burning cover. me with the intensity of a hot sun. Oh, you mean the sun? <laughs> If you don't do something about it, I take party elsewhere. Did, did she yelp you? <laughs> I'm sure she did. And you, uh, is it fair to say that you hate Yelp? I have a great hate for the website Yelp.com. Yeah. And, and I mean, and it's fair to say, too, that Yelp.com is uh, ruining businesses. And they've actually been sued yeah. or and are, are being sued by businesses mm. for losing business. Yeah. And it's just... I mean, come on. I mean, people have the time to just go home after what right. they think is a horrible time at a restaurant and write these dissertations on Yelp. Yeah. Mostly Asian women. But I mean... <laughs> hey, all right. Horn blowers this weekend. Camarillo, people. <laughs> but I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, how, It's like I talked with my buddy Joe Kelly at work about this the other day. How hard is it to go out and have a good time at a restaurant? Right. It has become like one of the hardest things for people to do because they're honestly just sitting there, I think, looking for something to go wrong right. so they can go and yelp about it. I know what, I know those people. I'm the type of guy uh, that I've ordered, I'll have the chicken parmesan. Shrimp scampi will show up. And you know what I do? I eat the effing shrimp scampi. Because, you know what, it's a tough job. And it's confusing that you have to deal with jerk customers all day. You know what, you got me the shrimp scampi. Right. And I mean, We're good to go. That's nice that you even do that. I'm, I'm even saying like, if something goes wrong, just say something like, right. you know, this isn't what I ordered. And right. usually it'll be rectified within a quick amount of time. Like you'll get to the front of the line and, sure. in the kitchen and you'll get your order out right away. Right. I mean, even just recently, I wrote a blog uh, titled 10 Ways to Get Better Service at a Restaurant. Great. Some lady found this blog and it turns out she's a serial commentator because oh. she commented, her name is Springs One. You can find her uh, Google profile if you guys want to um, berate her with comments. Uh, and she goes off about how, like, it's it's ninety percent of the time it's the server's fault. Like, <laughs> I think it's number four on my list, saying don't ask where your food is because yeah. there's many variables of why your food might be taken a while. The kitchen got backed right. up, or, uh, or you know, it got dropped, 
right. or you know anything that could happen. It could be the server's fault, yes. Yeah. But I mean, something. Sure, sure. It, usually, I just tell people when the food's in front of you, it's ready. Right. Like, and it is. Like, right. just you know, there's going to be certain circumstances that are going to happen, and you kind of just have to roll with the punch. But this lady, Didn't like, like it's it. always the server's fault, and she was using asterisks and, and caps nonstop, and even Lou wrote in and commented to her, <laughs> and he's like, hey, Springs one, <laughs> ease up on the caps, you mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so true. And finally, I had to cut her off. I had to spam her. Yeah. Because she just kept coming back. And it turns out she lives in Mississippi, and all of her examples of bad service were, it's like, one time my husband and I were at Applebee's. Another time my husband and I were at Red Lobster. Um, my husband and I were at the Outback Steakhouse. And right. I told her, maybe the problem is the places that you're going to eat. <laughs> Though, in case those restaurants are listening, we encourage your sponsorship of the Knapsack Files. Now, um... No, you're absolutely right. Uh, again, I mean, I, I, I'm, I remember one time I was at a, uh, shall we say, Hawaiian-themed uh, chain restaurant. Uh, me and my friend, uh, we ordered some our food, and you got to, hey, let's share a basket of fries. Fries showed up. We ate the fries. We, we ate the fries. We ate the fries. And we're talking. We hadn't seen each other in a while. Hey, baseball, football, yeah, right. women, life. Eating the fries. Fries are gone. We're like, oh, we should get some more fries. We signaled the waiter. The waiter comes up and goes, all right, here's your check. <laughs> And we both went, cool, hey, can we have our entrees? <laughs> <laughs> and he felt so bad. And the manager came over. And uh, the only thing I'll say is we didn't get the discount I would have expected when no food came. Right. But um, they were so apologetic. It happens. I have blank moments, too. So, I, I yeah, I am with you behind your campaign to kind of get these people to just kind of slow down and enjoy the important things of life and not... Uh, worry so much that the uh, napkin was out of place or the water was room temperature or yeah speaking of the water it's like what is up with these like pessimistic people who always have to have their water filled Mm -hmm. and it can't go below like three-fourths of the level (laughs) wave me over from across the restaurant it's getting close (laughs) it's like they got a ruler out going (laughs) if it gets below eight inches you're fucking dead No, and look at that. They no made me cuss. You. They made you cuss. Yeah. That's okay. We're we're uh, we're not quite explicit, but we 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 let them fly. Um and 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 you have such passion for this that I I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And yeah, I mean it's just I guess it's an upbringing thing and, and I've been with people. I, one of my old bosses said, "Hey, tomorrow uh, we're going to lunch with my in-laws. They're stopping by." And I was like, "Why? Why?" And he's like, "No, you're coming with me. I'm ordering you as your boss." I'm like, "Why?" And he goes, "Every restaurant they go to, they find something and they love calling the manager over." And I'm like, "No." Come on, he goes every time, every time. So we went to a, a restaurant in the mall that I work at, and no joke, halfway through the meal, picks up his fork, and goes, "Where's the manager?" Calls the manager over the manager, and I know I knew the manager; I was friends with him, and, and he knew me and my boss. And, he, and, his, and his father-in-law was like, "This, I just want you to know, I'm not using this fork because I ordered soup, but I want you to know that this fork is dirty, and I just want you to know that this is what's coming out to your customers. I'm not going to eat it because I, I ordered soup." Uh, but this fork is dirty. I don't even want it on my plate, and I want this corrected, and, and, and I'd like my soup free because <laughs> it's caused me trauma. I about got up and left. I should have, but I was just trying to be polite. So embarrassing. It's so just, it's just where do you get off? I, I don't understand that. As a human it, being to another human being, where do you get off? Like you've never worked before, never messed up. And that's another thing that bothers me too is what people expect to get for free or oh, discounted. Yeah. Um, because I can understand certain things. Like if things get messed up, what usually happen at a restaurant is like they'll give you a free dessert or they'll buy a round of drinks. Sure. Okay, they can't just really go out of their way and say, you know what, we're gonna give you ten dollars off of that because it's a business, people. Yeah. All right. I I just don't like you can't go into Best Buy, have a poor customer service experience, and get a free PlayStation. <laughs> 
it's it's not a third world country where, yeah. where you're haggling over chicken in a <laughs> cart. No. I not my story again, but I I, I, I was there at, at the same restaurant. It's where I work, and uh, one of my friends is a bartender. Uh, gets called over. A lady comes over, and she's like, uh, "Yeah, I got charged too much for my shake." And my friend's like, "Oh, cool. Well, well oh no, that's actually that's three ninety five. That's what we charge for that size shake." She's like, "Nah, that's too much. I want to pay a dollar." Friend's like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna pay a dollar. I'm a regular customer here. I come here all the time. You get my money all the time. Too much for a shake. I'm paying a dollar." And complained on my friend, called, said she had attitude. My friend's like, I literally cannot do this. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I do not want to get fired because you want two and a half dollars off your shake. Right. And I'm sitting there just amazed. She just wanted it for free. She just wanted to cause a ruckus and get it for free. And you have, did she? No, get no, 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 no. The general manager came out and was like, uh, absolutely not. Just be like, well, we'll lose your business. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> And the police are ready to arrest you if you walk out because that's stealing. You're stealing the shake. And I take my shakes very seriously. <laughs> I do not like shake on shake violence. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. This kind of put it in perspective for me. This, I had this one family who was really great. Uh, their son um, was missing his arms. Yeah. And he was sitting at the table. At one, never at one point did anybody help him. He ate his food with his feet. Like oh, he was able to. Like he was Daniel Day Lewis yes, in a part. Exactly. And I was like so, like I was impressed. Like I didn't want to point him out or anything, but like, yeah. and and ironically enough, I had a table across the way who was complaining about the smallest thing, and I'm looking yeah. at this guy. I'm like, this guy's yeah. feeding himself with his foot, doesn't have any arms, and, and yeah. you're complaining because you got a you didn't get a black napkin, and you don't yeah. want to get white yeah. lint on your yeah. on your on suit pants. <laughs> My left foot over here is going to join <laughs> the shrimp scampi yeah. that was supposed to go to Ken. And he's and he's eating a par- parmesan, and you're over here complaining about you, your iced tea. You stand right here. I'm gonna go give him a soccer ball. <laughs> I'm still kicking <laughs> better than you. Well, that has been a, a fun episode of the Knapsack Files with Joey Rockenstein. I'm so glad we got to go into the other part of life. Thank you. This was great. It's uh, fun. I, you're, you're great and you're funny. And please, people, check out the Bitter Bistro, the blog, the the podcast, and I hope one day a book and one day a TV show. The one book day is a coming. Movie. The book is great. coming. So it's great in, in the works. You've all experienced it. There's so many uh, uh, servers out there. Uh, Joey is your man. Get behind his cause and follow that. Uh, follow Bitter Beast on Twitter as well. That's right? correct. Yes. And, and what's your Twitter handle as well? You have a, you have your own. I do. Uh, Joey the Rock. Okay. And then Bitter Beastro. The Bitter Beastro. At bit, at the Bitter Beastro at Joey the Rock. Please follow them. Follow those two uh, handles and and get behind Joey as he takes back. Uh, uh, the server's dignity. I'm taking the power back. Taking the power back. We'll bring you back on. We'll see you. Uh, thanks for listening to the Napsock Files. I'm Ken Napsock. That was Joey Rockenstein. Please, folks, have a decent to mildly wonderful day. <laughs>